everyone. This is episode 692 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, November 1st, 2019. I am your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'll be talking about Lonely Mountain Downhill, Children of Morta, The Surge 2, and Into the Dead 2. A lot of twos on this episode. It's episode 692. You got The Surge 2, Into the Dead 2. You could say there are too many twos on this episode. I wouldn't say that, though. I like a party of two. People come up to me all the time, and they're like, Hey, Mark, you like that party of five? I'm like, fuck that party of five. I like my party of two. Thank you very much. I don't want a party of five. I don't need those three extra people. Two is more than enough for me. But uh, before I get to all that nonsense and what I've been playing, because that is, in fact, what I've been playing, otherwise I wouldn't have mentioned those games. I wouldn't just be like, hey, I'm going to talk about these games that I haven't been playing. Because you know what? They, they seem like they, they work well together. I mean, two of them have two in the title. And there's two of them. And I got two. And it's 692. And we're one day away from November 2. Just like, why am I not wearing a tutu? Maybe I am wearing a tutu. You can't see me. And I very well could be wearing a tutu. So, picture that. Anywho, who, um, before I get to all those games... There's a word that rhymes with two, and that is news. And there is a little bit of news that happened since the last episode. And when I say a little, I mean a lot. But of course, I'm not going to cover all that because I don't really talk about news. And the one piece of not news, but is kind of news, I'll be talking about is the formation of a new thing. And what I'm talking about happened last week it happened before the last episode but i just was having so much difficulty putting that episode together that i just wanted to talk about what i've been playing and get the hell out of there but what happened last week was a a bittersweet thing that i'm still emotional about to some extent but ben hansen who hosted the gi show and has been there he, he was at game informer for nine years left that's why i said was and he left to form his own thing called MinMax. That is M-I-N-N-M-A-X. One word, both M's capitalized, and there are two N's. For Minnesota and Minneapolis. You know, where Game Informer is. And last episode, or, or last week, was his last episode of the Game Informer show, which was really sad as someone who watches the video version, seeing him clap out at the end and then just gone to just disappear was way more difficult to watch than I thought it was going to be. I was a little teary-eyed seeing that, a little choked up because it's it's the end of an era. I, I adore Game Informer and everyone who works there and when the layoffs happened it was a horrible thing and now with Hanson gone the GI show is definitely going to be something different. Uh, I, I watched the GI show this week hosted by Andy McNamara and it was solid but you know it, it was definitely missing something and it's going to evolve over time because Andy of course is definitely not going to be the permanent host because I just don't think he wants to do that like I said or I didn't say in the podcast that ended up going live I don't think but uh, it's just it's a sad little thing but also happy in that what Ben did was form MinMax, which is not just him, but also Kyle Hilliard, Serial Vasquez, and Jeff Margifava. 
So seeing them back together has been great. They did an episode zero and they also just released the real first episode of the Min Max show on Thursday, yesterday, which I watched as well. And it was great, super long. So people are going to be a fan of that because that was one thing that the GI show was often long. Um, and it's been great. I, I, I've been part of the Discord community since they launched. I was one of the first handful of people who joined the Patreon and then joined the Discord. And it was barren. It was empty. There was nothing happening there at first. And it's a super lively place now. There are a lot of people in there. There are a lot of channels. And it's been fun seeing it grow. I haven't felt this way about a new venture since Giant Bomb. And I was way into Giant Bomb. But I think... I'll be way more into this because I love all the people involved. And with Giant Bomb, I was a fan of them, but I, I don't know. I, I really did like all of them from Giant Bomb back in the day, but I grew apart from them over time. And I, I was way into them. I was a moderator. I've said that before at Giant Bomb in the early days. And yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I... I'm a big fan of those people. I'm still going to be supportive of Game Informer because there are a lot of great people who still work there and you should not abandon Game Informer if you've been a fan of theirs now that this other thing exists. Just look at it as the positive thing that comes out of parents divorcing. When it's Christmas, you get presents from two parents and all that jazz, even though when they're married, you're still getting presents from both of them. But, you know, you get twice as much supposedly i don't really know if that's the case my parents got divorced but i don't know if i got more stuff because of that um but yeah that's that's pretty much the only news kind of news that i felt like talking about also i think it was last episode maybe it was two episodes ago i talked about how the xbox was updated and finally became the perfect console that it, it finally just worked all the time and one thing I also forgot to mention that I just want to bring up is that another issue I had, in addition to some games failing to launch a bunch of times, if ever, or, you know, potentially all the time with, like, the Crew 2, 360 games, backward compatible games, there was an issue, and it was specifically 360 games, not original Xbox games, because they didn't have this fake version of the 360 OS and all that, or whatever it is, um... With 360 games, whenever I would launch them, I would have to give them a minute or two to warm up or something before I could log in with my account and then access my saves and all that jazz. Because if I tried to log in right away, it would say there's no connection to Xbox Live or some shit like that, and it would just error out and tell me to retry or whatever, and I would just have to wait for pushing on in the game. I couldn't go to the menu because then I couldn't back out and access my save. So it was a bit annoying, but now that is completely resolved and it's perfect. So the Xbox, other than having times where it runs slow for me, uh, is a wonderful machine now that barely ever gives me issues. So I'm very happy about that. So what I've been playing, I'm going to start with Into the Dead 2, which is a game that came out on mobile devices. It's on Android and iOS. I'm 
I mean, there aren't any other uh, mobile OSs right now anymore. There's not like Palm OS, nothing like that exists anymore. Windows isn't. Windows is probably still technically a thing, but never updated. I don't know. Um, there are probably Windows phones out there. But it was a free-to-play mobile game that is now making its way to Switch. And it is an endless runner, a first-person endless runner where you are going through hordes of zombies, taking some out along the way, but doing your best to dodge a lot of them. And it's not too bad. It's level-based. I think there might be an endless mode, but I only played the story mode and the arcade mode. The story mode is broken up into various chapters, and each chapter is made up of like six or so levels. I've made it to chapter four, maybe five, and the way each level is played or the, the way it works is that you have five challenges that you can go after to get stars, which will go towards unlocking gold rewards and specific special weapons and those challenges can range from killing a certain number of enemies or a certain number of zombies killing a certain number of zombies with a specific weapon using a certain special item or, or stuff like that and you go through these levels that are progressively longer and constantly being filled with tougher zombies so initially most zombies can be can be taken down with one hit from a pistol but then you'll have ones that are more durable they need two hits or maybe they need three hits you'll have former military people who require armor piercing bullets to take them down and it's a really fun simple little thing and i put probably three four hours into it uh, i played a bit of the arcade mode too which is a mode where you have one level like the the first level is unlocked and that's all that's unlocked at first and you have to complete two of the three challenges to open the next level and that same unlocking system uh moves forward throughout the entire arcade mode and those levels are weapon based so you'll get a specific weapon and then you have to kill a certain number of zombies so you'll have three tiers and the first tier will get you some gold which you can take over to the story mode and the second tier will have a certain number of power-ups which you'll take over the story mode and then the third tier will have even more gold and it's always the same setup and usually those power-ups are related to the gun you're using in that particular level you can't replay the arcade mode to farm those things you can replay levels in the story mode to farm and you'll have to because those free-to-play routes are still in the game to an extent You'll, you'll want to farm in order to get gold or power-ups that you can use to complete challenges or to buy new weapons and upgrade weapons. You also get companions in the game who can help you in various ways. At first you just get dogs which can find ammo in the levels and later on you'll get like full-on military teams which can shoot like a, a barrage of bullets in front of you and just take out hordes and hordes and hordes of zombies and I like it the story is fine to have there you can skip it it's usually just something that's tacked on at the end a little bit of dialogue maybe a minute's worth because you're playing a father who's trying to reach his wife and daughter and yeah it's a simple endless runner that is pretty damn fun I played it more than I expected 
I actually took my Switch out of the dock to play it, which I haven't done in months. I played it in my bed, I played it on the go. I had a really good time with it. I can't, however, recommend it because as I played it, and I knew it was a mobile game ported before I actually knew it was a mobile game ported because I just looked at it and I'm like, this looks like a mobile game ported. And when I looked at some of the, the systems and I'm like, this is definitely a mobile game ported. And I thought to myself, you know what? This is 15 bucks. That's a pretty good deal. And I would recommend that for 15 bucks because it's, it's a fun, simple little thing. If it's 20 bucks, that might be pushing it. But even then, I would be willing to recommend it. But then I saw the price and I was flabbergasted by it I, I still can't believe it's priced at what it is it is 35 fucking dollars and I can't in any right mind recommend it at 35 it is not a 35 dollar I think of all the other games that are in the 35 dollar range the 35 40 dollar range I'm like how is this comparing it like even like if it was a $20 game. You could still say, well, is it as deserving of my $20 as a Cuphead, as an Ori in the Blind Forest, or what have you? No, but you also can't really compare them. They're very different types of games. But even still, is it twice as good as those in terms of just the... I, it's frustrating because I really like the game, but that price, I just can't, I can't recommend it. I, I think it's way, way, way overpriced. And it's just... It's crazy. And especially since it's a fucking free to like I don't know how the economy works in the free to play version. Maybe you have to pay to unlock this many levels or, or like I don't know how it works, but if you have to pay $35 in the game to unlock everything then that makes sense I guess. Then there's parity, but the fact that it is a free to play mobile game and this version which you know may strip out like a, a timer system or stuff like that. I don't know exactly how different they are, but the fact that it's $35 for a free to pay, like, that's just, that's way, way, way too much. So I can't recommend it as much as I do like it. It's a, it's a kind of game that I would say, you know, if it goes on sale for like 10 bucks, go get it. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a fun game, but it's just not $35 worth of fun. And then the Surge 2, I've been playing a fair amount of, probably put like four hours into it. And I, I put like four hours into it. I don't think I've run into a boss. If I have, they've not been the kind of boss that you would expect a boss to be. I feel like I've run into a few enemies who've had bigger health bars, but nothing super exciting, uh, which is weird. But um, I was a big fan of the first Surge, and I am a big fan of the Surge 2. I'm playing it on Xbox One, on my Xbox One X, and... Looks not too bad. It still has the texture loading issue where textures will not load in properly and you have to wait for them to, to show up. And that can be a bit jarring. But it still has that great combat from the Surge, which I loved. I think the Surge, and now the Surge 2, has some of the best, maybe the best combat in any Souls-like game. Because if you've never played the first Surge and, and you don't know anything about the series... It is basically a futuristic sci-fi take on the whole Souls thing. So you are going through these intricate worlds that have a lot of shortcuts and various levels of verticality. And when you die, you lose all your stuff 
or you you lose your in this game they're they're not parts they're what are they called they're like little bits or whatever instead of souls and you can get back to where you died to regain that stuff and you have a, a specific time limit before that stuff will just disappear by killing enemies along the way to your bits your your timer will go back up and if you die before getting to them of course those are gone forever um i i like it a lot in terms of the act of playing it the story in one ear out the other i don't really care about it um i tried caring about it but i i, I quickly learned that i'm just not gonna be able to care about it but the the problem with the game and this is why i again despite really liking it i can't recommend it and like it's it's really fun i love the combat looks pretty good despite you know some of the technical issues going on it's not a big game in terms of its file size it runs well in terms of frame rate and all that but and this could be because i'm playing it off an external hard drive i don't know maybe if i put it on the internal hard drive of the xbox one it would be different it would act differently i don't know but the load times are pretty bad just the act of loading the game up initially and then get into the game are not great however the load time when you die and have to respawn or have to wait to be respawned are atrocious they are borderline unforgiving like it's so bad that i question every time i die if i even want to bother waiting to to be respawn and continue playing and when i say they're bad I, I time them and they come in at just under or exactly at three minutes and that is two and a half minutes too long uh even 30 seconds would be a bit much but to wait three minutes to be able to play again is a nightmare it is horrible you know it gets to the point where i just like every time i died i would just then go start doing something else and be like oh it's back and then i would start playing again it changed the way i played the game because instead of wanting to be a bit more aggressive and feeling like okay whatever if i die i'll just come back and then i can get my souls and i can go at it again i played it way more cautiously because not only would i lose my my souls my bits and have to get them before the timer runs out or whatever i would also have to wait those three minutes to be able to do that and after a while, I just got to a point where I'm like, I really like this game. It's a lot of fun. The combat, I like, the thing about the surge is that the way upgrading your dude or lady works is that when you attack enemies, you can specify body parts to attack. And you'll see in either gold or blue. Blue means they're, they're unarmored and gold means it's an armored piece. And depending on that uh, the, the amount of damage you do will be higher or less. And the way you get new armor and new weapons is that you focus on that appendage and you see like, okay, they've got a, they got body armor that I really want. I'm gonna attack the hell out of it. And after a point you'll have for me on the Xbox One, the X button will show up on screen and you, you hold that and you do a finishing move and then that component or that part will be there so that you can build that item so with weapons you just get the weapon with armor you will get a blueprint for the armor and then components to build that armor and that also costs bits to do 
And I love that system. I love it as a way to gain new armor uh, and new weapons. And I love it as a way to get new components to build these bits of armor and upgrade items. I really love that. But the load times are killing me. And I can't, I can't keep playing it as it is. I hope it's updated soon to fix that problem. It could, like I said, it could be an external hard drive thing. Maybe if I put it on my internal hard drive, that would be all that I would need to do to resolve it. You know, I'm sure on PC, playing it off an SSD as well, it would be fine. But specifically on the Xbox One, or maybe even more specifically on the Xbox One X, I don't know if this is a problem across all Xbox Ones. But for me, in my personal experience with the game, playing on an Xbox One, off an external hard drive, the load times whenever you die and have to wait to be respawned are three minutes every single time. It is super frustrating and I just, I can't take it. It's not the worst load times I've ever dealt with. The worst still belongs to Sniper 3. What is it? Is it Sniper Ghost Warrior 3? Which I don't think had, had bad load times when you were in the game but that initial launch after you hit start in the menu to get to the game it was like five and a half like it was insane it was over five minutes but i don't know if it was close to six minutes i don't know if it's closer to six or to five but it was a ridiculous amount of time to wait for the game to initially launch but um after that it was, it was fine and i would be okay still annoyed if that was the case with the surge 2 but the fact that it is specifically when you die and have to wait to be respawned, like when you enter new areas, that load time is fine. Like that load time is not bad at all. But it's when you die and have to respawned. And in a game like this, a Souls-like game where you are expected to die a lot. You know, you get into new areas and you don't know where enemies are and they jump out at you and they could be up from the sky. I've had enemies drop from the sky on me and stuff like that. When you're first entering these new areas, you don't know how things are going to play out. You don't know where enemies are located. And it's easy to get overwhelmed. I also, while I like the, the majority of the enemies and the way they attack, you know, it's a game where you, once you, you figure out an enemy's pattern and how enemies with that specific weapon work, it's easy to avoid them and deal with them regardless of the difference in strength. Um, there are enemies who use guns and they are just a nuisance i hate them I, I don't think they're fun to deal with i think they're just an annoying thing that gets in the way of these intense melee fights you do have a a, a little drone on you that you can put out and, and attack enemies with but i just i i think the game would be so much better if they just remove the ranged enemies i think they're just an annoying pile of poo then, uh, yeah, that, that's the Surge 2. And then in addition to that, I played a little bit of Children of Morta, which is another roguelike with beautiful, beautiful Pixar. It is a beautiful game. And the kind of surprising thing about it is that even though the Surge 2 has its own story, um, it is really narrative focus. And when you die you'll get more story and the the world with the this family of like rainers or something will open up more and more and as you play through the game and get to new areas you'll learn more about this family and that's interesting it's it's well written though at the same time it wasn't grabbing me 
And I think it's in part because the story is told through a narrator. And when I was playing the game and in the moment, I'm like, this is this is well written. This is kind of interesting. But outside of that, when I was away from the game, I'm like, what exactly was happening? And I think for me, narration just doesn't stick. And it got me thinking about Bastion because I, I remember loving that game. And I remember loving the narration and that the story is really what pulled me through the last bit of the game because I wasn't in love with the combat. But thinking about it now, I don't really remember anything about the story. I have no idea what Bastion was about. I can't tell you for the life of me, but I remember loving it, especially for the story. But I don't think narration for me sticks. I think there's something about narration that just doesn't stick with me, like a story that is told through dialogue and character interactions does. You know, I think about games that I still haven't played for years, like Nice Old Republic, and I could tell you so many various story beats from it because not only is it full of dialogue, characters interacting with one another, but I also have agency in those interactions, so that gives me even more reason to remember things because I was actually participating in the, the story. And I just think for me, maybe it's like a learning disability or something in the way I process stuff. Um, that narration, being told a story instead of seeing the story play out, that it just doesn't stick with me as much you know it, it could also be that i like require subtitles when i'm getting narration but i don't like playing with subtitles on in part because i'm capturing footage i think i think subtitles are a little bit distracting in in videos when you're watching them or watching someone else play something but all that said i haven't talked about the combat and the game itself and, and the reason for that is because i i think while Children of Morta is a very, very pretty game, and I like the progression system, I think all of that is really well set up. I just don't have any fun playing. I think the combat is super boring and lacks the depth I would like it to have. Um, the way it works is that you move your character with the left analog stick, and then you can attack with either one of the face buttons, I think it's X, or you can just use the right analog stick to attack in a direction. Whether you're holding the right analog stick or pressing the attack button all you do is hold it down to do an attack and he'll just your character whoever it is as you play as various family members who unlock as you play more and more the character will just continue to attack you don't have to repeatedly press the button you just hold it and they'll keep attacking and it just it wasn't fun i find the difficulty jump when I, I finished the first area and then I went to the second area just felt so overwhelming and it felt cheap in a way that I was just like, okay, I've tackled the first area. I can't wait to get to this new area and see new enemies and see a whole new world, essentially. And I was just like, well, there are now these ranged enemies that are being a bit of a pain in the ass, but now you're just throwing way more of the enemies from the last area at me. And it was just super frustrating and I just I never enjoy the act of playing it the progression system I like because you play as one of the family members and there are certain skills that you upgrade via gold that you obtain during various runs and those particular skills are are good or they work across the entire family they're a family skills essentially and then you have certain uh, character specific skills and even in some of the character skill things they have stuff that will benefit the entire family as well. You get these skill points as you play. 
uh, and level up these these various family members. The skill points when you die don't disappear, which is also nice. So that leveling up isn't something that you miss out on. Um, so like the the roguelike aspect and the, the the way you get through it is just by playing it more and more and getting stronger so that you can tackle the newer areas more easily. Uh, the way the dungeons are set up is that you are in a small space and then you open a door and then you get to a new space, you open another door, you get to a new space and eventually you'll get to a floor that has a boss and then you beat the boss and then you're done with that area. I don't know how many areas are in the game because I only think I see three uh, below your house or whatever and I've completed the first one like I said and I'm in the second one but it's just it's not it's not grabbing me in terms of gameplay I don't enjoy my time with it when I'm playing it I really like looking at it I like the progression system I think the story while it's not grabbing me is interesting and engaging in the moment and I think for people who don't have an issue with narration they'll probably really be into that but it's just not an enjoyable game to play, not for me, uh, at least. And then the last game I played a little bit of is Lonely Mountains Downhill, which is a Trials-esque downhill biking game with some nice art that is very colorful and cheerful, which is fun because you will crash a lot and see blood splatter out of your biker. I, I finished the first mountain or I completed the first course. Uh, you know, I only put maybe like 15 minutes into it. It is available on Game Pass. I got a code for it, but um, it is available on Game Pass. So if you are on Xbox One and are a Game Pass subscriber, you can play it for free. And so it's it's worth checking out at the very least. But the way it works is that you're going down the hill. There is a clear path that you can follow, but of course there are shortcuts that are scattered across the thing that you can follow as well. You can create your own path if you figure something out. And it's a fun, simple little thing. There's no music, I don't think. I think it's all just ambient sound from what I remember. It's a very chill game despite the fact that you will be dying a lot probably. And the, the courses are made up of a handful of checkpoints just like in Trials where you'll start at the last checkpoint you you were at if you if you end up dying or, or crashing and yeah it's it's a fun little thing it's it's kind of i mean the the other game that is reminiscent of this is descenders and i think i like this game more but i've put more time into descenders and i would have to put more time into this the one thing i i'm not super hot on so far is that I'm just in the time I've played with it and looking at the way the progression system works in Lonely Mountains Downhill and how you unlock new areas and new courses and all that it's not entirely clear and some of the stuff just scrolling through I'm looking at I'm like I, ha I have to do all this just to unlock this one like it seems like it's overly difficult in terms of the challenges uh, and what you need to do in order to unlock certain things. And that um, is frustrating if that is the case. But I can't say for sure. But uh, yeah, it's on Game Pass. It's not too bad. But uh, yeah, that, that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Marcus Ness. Y'all can find me on Twitter 
and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the video version of this here show. I forgot something. They are available on podcast services across the globe. What is available? This podcast and the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast and Attack the Backlog. I'm just saying it all over again. They are available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Pandora. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or Attack the Backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash saucers and watch them there. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way as always. Thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week and bye.